Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I'm Rachel True. And I'm Trent Venegas. And you're listening to Quoting Gene Roddenberry. The 100-day podcast that celebrates what would have been the 100th birthday of the man that created Star Trek. Each day between now and the end of our podcast, August 19th, one of Star Trek's biggest icons, or celebrity fans, or both, will be quoting Gene Roddenberry. Then we're going to take a deep dive into why we think this sci-fi legend still has a lot to say to the world. Today's quote is read by Star Trek Enterprise and Star Trek Into Darkness actor Peter Weller. In the end, television may be one of the principal devices and factors which decides the future of this infant race, which inhabits this spaceship we call Earth. Beautifully read by RoboCop himself. Uh, <laughs> welcome back to the podcast. And we we're so lucky to have Rekha Sharma for one last episode. I want to get your thoughts, but I, I just want to say you could easily update this quote a little bit to say uh, not just television, right? But social mm-hmm. media and the Internet mm-hmm. especially has made us more of a global society, which is a really good thing. And instead of being my normal cynical self... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say I agree. I mean, from um, uh, Reka, you've been on uh, Star Trek, and I always say they're very Shakespearean, right, mm. in in script and form. And Shakespeare uh, was a storyteller, right, just relaying what was going on and the emotions of humanity at that time. And I feel Star Trek is very much akin to that. So what what do you think about this particular quote? I love it. I really resonate with it. Um, We have all these influences, especially as our, as when we're young people, of course, our parents or our family, our immediate surroundings and more and more television, all the different platforms are becoming Mm -hmm. a part of our lives and at younger and younger ages. And as we all know, we we're like sponges, the younger we are and younger and younger people are, are tuning in for content. And I know for myself, the first time that I saw uh, the original Star Trek rerun when I was a little girl, it was a moment in my life where everything changed, where I finally felt like uh, my idealism had a home, where I felt like, oh, God, the, the, what I long for, this, this world to be not racist, what, that's mm-hmm. possible. It was the diversity, and I I don't even remember which episode it was, but the first episode I saw, they went to a planet where everybody was different and everybody lived in harmony. And I was like, boom, like, mm-hmm. what? That's possible. And then, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, seeing like, seeing Nichelle Nichols being like, okay, wait, this was like a long time ago. This is an old yeah. show and she was mm-hmm. on it then. So maybe this tiny little dream that I have about acting. Yeah. 
maybe I could do that now because I don't see myself, but I bet you she didn't see herself either. Did you put up with a lot of colorism? Because I know that that uh, in all groups, right? In African-Americans, there's a sort of shade, light, dark, etc. And I know within the Indian culture, which you're multicultural, but I understand you're Indian as well. And within that culture, there's a bit of, there's a lot of uh, skin bleaching ads from India. There are. There are. And it's so sad. It kind of is, because if you bleach your skin, it turns gray, people. That's the truth. It does. Like, you know, when I was in South Africa, I was like, why is there a whole race of gray people? And yeah. then I realized what it was. And for example, trans coloring, stunning. Uh, oh. Reka, stunning. <laughs> I love my brown, red, yellow color. Um, mm -hmm. One thing I love about this quote is he says infant race. What do you guys yeah. think about that? Well, you know, there have been other quotes where he has referred to humanity as being uh, juvenile, uh, having not matured to the point of adulthood. He's alluded to this many, many times in, in some of the quotes that we've spoken uh, about previously. What stands out to me is he, he makes a point to talk about television being the, one of the principal devices. And if you think about when Star Trek was on the air initially in the 1960s, like there were only one or two networks. So of all the people watching television, a huge percentage of those people were watching shows like Star Trek or sh Star Trek in particular. And to see this uh, multicultural, diverse crew working in harmony. You know, we talk about uh, Uhura. We talk about Sulu. We don't talk enough about Chekhov, who is the Russian. And when you consider sure. what, what the American sentiments were about Russia at that time and even beyond that... So the 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 power that uh, that Gene is talking about is this this device that we that many many people not everybody we have to be honest about that but very many people had in their homes and 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 like you mentioned earlier Rachel we can equate that to the internet now so right now we three are in three different locations talking live to one another via video screens just like they do on the bridge of the Starship Enterprise <laughs> and we are having a conversation that is being broadcast to listeners all around the planet right now as they're listening and that is power that is power and you know you, you think about the responsibility of the person at the microphone or behind the pen writing the stories that are being translated to a television series or the power that we have as you know podcasters right now talking into the microphones sharing our experiences imparting our quote-unquote wisdom or at least what we consider to be you know pearls of wisdom that we that we want to share but just in the spirit of communication and sharing um i mean what is more powerful than that well and i agree and i also think that it, i i'm going to give this quote a nod and say because they say in the end and then they've got television in brackets right and mm -hmm. we've said it could be social media but i'm going to give them this in the end television not tentpole movies mm -hmm. Right now, maybe the thing that helps us. And I think that will change, too. And I'm not knocking superhero movies and all that. I love them, too. But I kind of miss storytelling in yeah. terms of human emotions and uh, moments and smaller things. And also, some of them superhero movies could use a goddamn sense of humor. Mm -hmm. That's my truth on that. Um, <laughs> you know, and in terms of, like, television versus movies, like, movies are, you have to leave your home to go to a movie theater. But television is in your living 
living room. It's on your phone if you want it to be. And that uh, intimacy is also part of the power. Uh, there's something very powerful about an episodic story, which unfolds over weeks. So, you know, like a 12 episode series runs over the course of a whole entire season. Whereas, you know, a movie is, you know, big, bam and done and it's over. Um, so I think it is important to to distinguish between like television and and cinema because <laughs> the intimacy of having television or having the internet in your home uh, is is much more accessible to no, uh, a it, lot more people. It's true. It's why people think TV people are their friends, you know, yeah. and movie stars mm-hmm. are their movie stars. But I have a question for you, Rika, um, because you are a public figure, right? Do you feel a sense of responsibility? And I, I guess my guess with you is it just is. I don't even think it's a weighty sense of responsibility because your awareness and your enlightened self that you've shared with us these past bunch of episodes, which has been so generous of you, I can tell you have a sense of responsibility Mm -hmm. out there in the world. But as a prominent, I don't know what exactly your background is, but, um, you you know, Indian, uh, Canadian? She's not Indian American, she's Canadian. But um, we don't see tons. No. Tons of Indian Americans, and there are tons in the Mm -hmm. country, Mm -hmm. you know? So how do you go forward with that in your own life and what you represent? Right. Uh, I mean, I definitely do feel a responsibility to represent um, for for my people and to make choices about the kind of roles that I play, um, you know, based on what, how I want my people to be perceived and, you know, mm-hmm. what kind of stereotypes I'd like to flush down the toilet. And mm-hmm. um, I, I also just feel a responsibility as a human, like forget mm-hmm. the cultural thing, you know, just as like, okay, I'm part of this planet and I, I, I happen to have a few more followers than some people, a lot less than many, but, but if I'm going to be a person out in the world, whether it's on my street in the grocery mm-hmm. store or whether mm-hmm. it's on online, I feel a constant responsibility to try and be a, 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 in the service of good, to, mm-hmm. to try and be uh, in the service of love and compassion and, and lifting up humanity because I, I think that's what we're all here to do. I think that's what we all want from each other and I think that we all have the potential to give that. And I think that's actually what gives us the most uh, joy and purpose and meaning in life. That's our soul work to me, what you just talked about. We have our personality desires, you know, the things we want and the the tangible things we want to buy and all that. But I love that you're talking about that is it's all of our soul work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To to lift each other up and to connect with each other. I got a random question for both of you. Um, did you when you were kids? I I just had school lunches, but I don't know if any either of you guys brought your lunches and if your food was made fun of. You know, uh, my mom was uh, hip to that already. <laughs> yeah, she didn't send. She she saved me from that. I mean, I still really? got teased for being Indian for sure. But I, which is so shocking. It's not shocking because I live in the world today. But like, mm-hmm. I love Indian food. It's so fucking delicious that pe- that people would make fun of that, or that people make fun of Mexican food. Yeah. Not so much yeah. in um, California. Like, literally, I have an alarm on my phone. Like, it's Taco Tuesday. <laughs> so, but growing up in Michigan, yeah, like as a young Mexican kid on a very white block at a very white school, 
I wanted peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Like I just did not want to be different. You know, there was always uh, rice and beans and tortillas at home. I would come home for my uh, butter tortilla snacks, but never took them to school. And that was, you know, not because <laughs> my my mother didn't want, but I was insistent because I just wanted to fit in. Yeah. No, I know. I always wear my hair in two braids. I didn't even know it was kind of curly when I was a kid. Just two braids. That's how my stepmother did it. But when I started a brand new school, all white school in upstate New York, one of her friends cornrowed my hair. I'd never had my hair cornrowed. I mean, those super tight, your scalp uh-huh. showing cornrows. Uh-huh. So I walked in and I was like, I'm a fucking space alien to these people already because <laughs> I'm a black kid. Mm-hmm. Now these cornrows, I am, it, it really... I thought it's my equivalent to the lunch thing, Mm -hmm. I guess, is what Mm -hmm. I'm saying, because it's just a hairstyle. Right. But I was mercilessly mocked. Well, it doesn't take much for kids to find something to pick on. And if it wasn't your hairstyle, it would be the lunchbox that you're carrying or the the top that you're wearing. But to that end, that's why I like that um, television, per this quote, uh, may be one of the principal devices and factors that decides a race. Because I think now that we have television, right, we see more different cultures. We see people with cornrows. We see... Indian people of all different flavors um, because people also like to lump us all together. And there's so many different groups. Yes. <laughs> within Indian culture that I'm doing a disservice to just mm-hmm. say this because mm-hmm. they're and same with black people and the same with Spanish people. So it's all a part of our identity. And I'm super proud of my identity. I'm glad I came. I was never embarrassed about my identity, but I was well aware mm-hmm. that my super high yellow look white looking sister was going to have an easier life. Mm-hmm. I never wanted to be white, but I was super aware she was going to be perceived yeah. differently. At least that's what my eight-year-old brain filtered it as. Mm-hmm. So Good for you I, for never I, wanting to be white because I wanted to be white. I do, You know what's funny is I'm going to dig in there. I don't remember feeling, I remember looking at her in the thing going, she's going to have an easier life. She's going to have an easier life. But mm-hmm. I don't remember going, I want to be, you know, but I understand what you're saying and thank you for talking about that because it is these places that we can carry shame about, right? And there's no shame in what you were talking about. And I bet Trent maybe went through a similar thing too because there's no shame in it. It was our societal training and upbringing that told you, you should want to be white. right? So it would be weird if you didn't actually feel Mm -hmm. that way Mm -hmm. a hair. And hopefully as, you know, to go back to the quote, as we have more and more stories that highlight the beauty of all these cultures, that highlight the beauty of being different. Hopefully less people will think the way that we thought when we were kids. Just to bring it back to the quote before we wrap up, do you guys have any last thoughts on this one? I mean, I love the image of uh, when Jean says spaceship Earth. Uh, One of my favorite things about Walt Disney World in Florida is the big... Epcot Center Spaceship Earth ride. And I've always been charmed by the notion of like our little blue planet, a little speck in the massive wide universe is a spaceship that's traveling through space. And we're all on the same spaceship together. And if we can just think about it in terms of that, like this is, you know, our home, this is our spaceship, this is us. If, if we're more mindful of that and then seeing that the differences amongst us is what makes us stronger and makes us more interesting and, uh, you know, like, to you know, hearkening back to, to Jean's optimism, like, 
I think we'll get there someday. I, I have to believe that we will. And uh, whether I live to see it or not is another story. But I believe that uh, we inhabitants of, of Spaceship Earth will will get there someday. <laughs> Um, Rika. My my final thought is about the this infant race. Mm. Um, we are so young, and um, my my guru, she says, you know, we have grown, but our minds have not grown. And it is the innocence of the three year old child. If we can go back to that state of the innocence, well, then you have room to grow when you recognize your own innocence if you walk around thinking that you've grown up then there is no room you haven't given yourself mm. any room to grow so if we have the innocence of the infant then think how much we could grow yeah no oh, i love that because i always say uh i am a student I'm a student of life mm -hmm. and even mm -hmm. on the subject i wrote a book on right that i have decades of experience i'm still a student of that topic, mm -hmm. period, end of story, because there's so much more to learn. And also, I'll just say I love with this quote that if you think of ourselves as our own little spaceships, right? Yeah. And mm -hmm. you think of Earth, in per this quote, as a spaceship, it's a vehicle to go somewhere, yeah. right? This isn't just it. And the cynical me needs to be reminded that, like, my little tiny blip of time here does not define all yep. of humanity or yep. all of existence, you know, and my take on it isn't necessarily the one and only correct take. So doing this podcast has been really eye-opening for me in that respect. And Reka, I just want to say you were such a delightful, lovely, charming guest this week. Right, Trent? Thank you so much for spending your week with us. It has been such a pleasure speaking with you on all of these topics. Thank yeah, you. No. I really enjoyed it. I just, I love all these quotes. You you both are totally delightful. Oh, that's kind. Thank you. I, you know, again, I love this because we're not just talking about superficial stuff. We're kind of getting into what it means to be a human. And that's mm -hmm. always going to be more interesting to yeah. me. All right. We're going to be sad to see you go, Rika. Um, but we, again, so appreciate you giving us your time today. If you guys want to check out uh, the video, which was read by the fabulous Peter Weller, please go to the Roddenberry social media pages at Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And we hope you'll join us again tomorrow for another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry. Bye. 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 Thanks for joining us for another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's quote. So tweet us, post us, DM us, whatever. We're at Roddenberry on Twitter and Facebook and at Roddenberry Official on Instagram. Quoting Gene Roddenberry is a Roddenberry podcast hosted by me, Rachel True. And me, Trent Venegas. Producing are Claire Kramer and Kelsey Goldberg with executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Engineering and editing are provided by Elizabeth Joy Windham. And special thanks to all those who were kind enough to read a quote and give a voice to Gene Roddenberry's everlasting words. Live long and prosper. 